I'm going to go ahead and start right now. Uh, welcome to another episode of The Artistic Director with Jacob Alexander Ferg. I'm sitting here with Danielle Ramo. Uh, Danielle, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing excellent. Thank you for asking. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no problem. I'm, I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled because <laughs> this is the first like non-theater. We're just talking yeah. about that. Um, so for the, for the listener who isn't familiar with you, can you give a brief history of uh, your existence in the artistic, creative world mm-hmm. that led you to open up the Rochester Brainery? Yeah, well, Rochester Brainery opened up in 2013, and we're a classroom and event space. So the whole idea behind Rochester Brainery is to kind of foster creativity of all kinds. Whether you're someone who is a creative that wants to share what you know with someone else, and that's not necessarily just artistic creativity in our you know, business. It's also nutrition and improv and fencing and jewelry making, all that, all kinds of creativity. Um, You know, and also people who are interested in getting a little bit more creative about trying something new. So they'll come here to take a class. They're all single session. They're all um, between 15 and $30. For the most part, we have a few that go outside of that. But we try and remain affordable and accessible for people. So if you have a busy schedule, you can still try something new without taking a lot of time on your schedule. You don't need to make a five-week commitment for something. Um, there are other places in Rochester that if you take something here and you decide you like it, you can absolutely sign up for those things for longer. We're meant to be an introduction. We're meant to be something that is you know, kind of a beginner level of things. Um, we also have you know, events here as well. We have a second Saturday craft show we do every month called Brainery Bazaar, um, where we have different local artists come in. It's every second Saturday, it's different artists every time. Um, and it's you know, everything from jewelry to you know, um, vintage wares to notebooks and all different kinds of things that people have made um, that live here in Rochester. And we, we actually have it. some people come from Buffalo to join us in Ithaca too, which is really nice as well. Yeah. Uh, great. So I like to start out my podcast with this question, and it's a big, ambiguous question. So feel free to answer it in any way, shape, or form that you want. Uh, but the question is, what is your artistic direction? Well, my artistic direction, I would say, is to curate uh, experience here at Rochester Brainery that, that really... Um, really reaches out to everybody in the community. So we want to be a space where if you want to learn about something or you want to teach something and there is nowhere else for you to go, you can come here. We really want to make sure that we are that kind of a space where this doesn't really seem to fit in anywhere. We can go to the brainery. (laughs) We are that kind of catch-all in a good way (laughs) space. Um, And we really want to make sure that we're picking classes that are good classes. So even if you're just paying $15, that class is going to be just as informative as a $45 class that you might sign up for somewhere else. We want to make sure that they're really high quality. So how do you go about curating classes? Because there's so many different things that I imagine are are coming in at any given point in time. Yeah, I mean, I guess the mathematical way is like looking at our spreadsheet of classes that we have and making sure we have like... You know, we don't have 75% art classes and 10% business classes, right? So there's yeah. some of that that goes into it. But it's also networking. 
It's um, having an opportunity on our website for anyone who stumbles upon it to apply to teach. It's asking students what they want to take and then finding people to fulfill those requests using things like Twitter, which is great for that, or just Instagram. Um, sometimes I'll just find someone on Instagram who's doing something cool and I'll say, do you want to share this with people? And awesome. sometimes they've taught a class, sometimes they haven't, sometimes they're interested in, in trying it out, sometimes they're like, no way. Yeah. But, you know, so it really is... Um, just being open to finding teachers and classes all different ways. So what percentage would you say is uh, you going and finding the teachers to the teachers coming and finding the bringer? Well, when we first started, it was a lot different. Yeah. Now um, we have a mix of classes that we bring back regularly because mm -hmm. they're really popular. They seem to sell out a lot. Um, and then trying to fit in new classes as well that will be interesting for people as well. When we first started out, um, we were really lucky that there was a newspaper article that got a lot of people applying to teach. I would say right now we probably have about 40 people apply to teach a class a month um, through the Ooh, website, yeah. Yeah, which good. is nice. Some of them you know, are classes that we're able to bring in. Others are classes that maybe we have quite a few of those already or, <coughs> excuse me, or they haven't um, sold well in the past, so we maybe want to wait a little while before we try it again, just, you know, to wait till we have a larger audience for that kind of a thing. Um, I would say um, it's probably about 50-50. Okay. It I know, because I'm trying to think about it, and it, it's not really one way or another. It's really all... That's all great. different ways. It's a nice is, balance, yeah. Yeah, it is a nice balance because, you know, if there are some months where I don't really have time to, you know, we have so many events going on and everything like that, that towards the end of the month, I'm like, oh no, I didn't really have time to like go and dig through, you know, <laughs> wherever to find new things. And then I can kind of go to my email and say like, oh, but I have 15 new classes that someone's emailed me about or a couple of suggestions or I can reach out to people. So it's really, you know, it's, it's nice having that. So when the brainery started, what, what were the steps that you had to take right at the beginning before you actually physically had a space to get this <laughs> whole thing going? Yeah. Well, I mean, for us, we needed to make sure and similarly to a business that sells clothing or whatever, like you need product. So yeah. our product is classes. Yeah. <laughs> so um, for probably the largest hurdle for us was just having people understand the concept of it truly being single session and also being anything. I, um, I mean, within reason, we yeah. can't have a fireworks class yeah. <laughs> or something, yeah. but you know, we're, we're open to anything. And um, so a lot of times people are like, right, but when you say anything, yeah. Like what, <laughs> you know? Yeah, what are the constraints? Yeah, what are the yeah. constraints? Or people are used to, well, I have a five-week course on this and probably isn't, it isn't the best fit here because we focus on the single session. So mm -hmm. sometimes it was just getting people to think a little bit outside the box about something. So like if you teach a five-week course on something, is there a very specified topic within that that can live on its own mm -hmm. that people, you know, might be interested in? Um so there was kind of like some education in the beginning um, to kind of let people know what we were about and why we were doing it like that. Um, and then from there, it was getting the classes booked. So when we launched, we had things for yeah. people to look into. And then there's the other things that just go into opening a business like, 
you know, finding a space and doing your build out and painting walls and, you know, all, all the setting up your website and all those little business things that you kind of learn along the way. Yeah. So uh, I'm assuming the single session was from the Brooklyn Brainery. Was that, was that the idea around the Brooklyn Brainery also, or is that a Rochester Brainery? Well, I believe. I believe that they do have maybe a few that are two-parters okay. or something like that. Most of them did seem to be just kind of a single yeah. session situation. Um, but that was one thing that for me just was important here in Rochester just because there wasn't a ton of that going on. There was, yeah. but it just seems like year after year um, there's more and more single session opportunities kind of coming up. I think just because people are busy and it's sometimes more affordable to do it a single session way. So I just kind of knew that from, and for me personally, just like having been kind of busy myself and having been like a freelancer and, you know, in the job that I was doing in marketing, it was just kind of all over the place and I couldn't commit because I didn't know if something was going to come up. <laughs> so yeah. at least it was like, okay, well, I have this one thing. It's two hours long. I can yeah. do that. <laughs> yeah. And so for me, it was like an opportunity, you know, a little bit of a, well, I would want to do that. So maybe other people will too. And, mm-hmm. and that was like one of the other things that kind of, you know, got us thinking about well, how often do we want to have classes and when do we want to have them and how do we want them to run and that kind of a thing. Have you found a good, like, how often do you have classes? Like, what's the what's the regular yeah. schedule of classes? I guess? So we have forty to fifty classes a month. Most are Monday through Thursday. Mm-hmm. We do occasionally have Friday afternoon classes at noon. We do often have classes on the weekends as well. Less so in the summer, just because we do a lot of events. Mm-hmm. Um, we do a lot of bridal showers, baby showers, private events, things like that. Um, and plus, in the summer, especially in Rochester, New York. There's a festival or two every single weekend, <laughs> so it's very busy. So we we primarily do more um, more classes on the weekends in the winter months. Um, but we have forty to fifty of those, like I mentioned. We have a craft show, and then one other thing that I I didn't mention before is we do have something that does let people go a little bit more, see, <coughs> a little bit more in depth with um, a topic, we call it What a Crafty Weekend, and we do it every other month. Um, We'll have our third What a Crafty Weekend coming up this weekend, July 22nd and 23rd. Our first one that we did was a partnership with Makers Buffalo, which is a business similar to ours, but located in Buffalo, New York, and they focus on more arts classes. Um, And they kind of, they have a space, but they also go to all different spaces and, and hold their classes. Um, but it was all Maker's Buffalo classes that we had never had here at Rochester Brainery before. Cool. The second one that we did was textiles. So Courtney Craig, who's a regular teacher here, came in and did all textile classes. So shibori dye and boutique and tapestry weaving and tassel making. And then this weekend is all things lettering. So it's watercolor lettering, cool. chalkboard lettering, um, a pointed pen calligraphy so anything lettering is this weekend and then we have a, all things paper coming up in September which would be book binding paper crafts paper marbling all different kinds of stuff that's really cool yeah so yeah. we 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 try and you know and you can purchase those classes on a single session basis too so there'll be seven classes in the weekend you can purchase the whole weekend at a discounted price. We try to not go over $200 if we can for a whole weekend. Yeah. Um, or you can still sign up in a single session manner. Yeah. So. I'm curious. So as you do these things, you must kind of 
at least start to get your finger on the pulse of the arts community sure. in Rochester. I, I'm curious, what what does the public in Rochester respond to the best in terms of like, what are the classes that are most successful that you're like, okay, you have to come back like at some point? Well, I would say from the get-go, like our kombucha making and our <laughs> yeah. vegan cheese making workshops mm-hmm. were mm-hmm. extremely, extremely popular and they still are to this day. Yeah. Um, and then also our calligraphy classes have been wildly popular. Um, there's only about 16 people per class, so they do fill up pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. We try and run two sessions about a month, um, just because there's always people kind of coming to those. Um, and our, our introduction to watercolor painting class is awesome. We've had it for, man, three or four years now. Um, the same teacher, Brandon Kellaway, has been teaching it, and he's just awesome. Just always hear really great things about him as a teacher. Um, but there's 30 people in his class every time, and we run it about every other month. So those are definitely some of our really popular classes. And then also Courtney Craig, who did the textile weekend um, her shibori dye workshop is always super popular. She also does like a natural indigo workshop in the summer where it's all like sun activated indigo. We do it outside. It's it's really fun. And then I'm curious on the other side of that, like what what are the classes that you've encountered? This is just almost more of a personal yeah. curiosity that like sort of kind of push the limit of what could be a class or maybe it's like Will Rochester respond to this <laughs> random class? Well, you know, well, there's there's some classes that we've tried that definitely people have not responded to, but in my personal opinion, it's because those classes are offered other places and sometimes they're offered for free. So one thing that when we first started, we we didn't necessarily think about that. But if if I know like um, home buying workshops and things like that, like yeah. a lot of people have been want had wanted to do those. But a lot of times those are offered for free, yeah. and so we really try and not uh, like if that's if it's offered for free on a regular basis somewhere else. Like we don't want to you know charge yeah. people for that. So. Some of those classes just naturally haven't gone well. And then I'm like, oh, there's something like that once a month. Like, I didn't even know about that. And and then we've tried some more finance-based classes, like a tax class and things like that. And some of those stuff, some of those classes haven't gone over. But some of those we haven't tried in a couple of years. So if we were to try it now, it, our audience has grown so much in the past couple of years that it very well may now run. And yeah. sometimes that happens. We had... We had a macrame workshop, a macrame plant hanger workshop that we tried running four or five times and was canceled every time. Really? But now, since for the past year and a half, all of our macrame classes sell out. Like they're yeah, and we have a couple different teachers that do them um, in a couple different versions of the class as well. But all the macrame classes are super popular now. So. Maybe we were just ahead of the <laughs> popular, <laughs> you know, thing then. I don't know. But um, so sometimes that's the case, too. It has nothing to do with the class. It has everything to do with just who's our audience at that moment. What is the season? Yeah. You know, is it a bad day? Is there another event going on? That kind of a thing. Yeah. So I would never say like, oh, we can't ever have a class on that on because blank, it doesn't yeah. go well or it doesn't go over well. Like I would say maybe maybe for the next six months we wouldn't have that but let's try it again yeah. we're always willing to try it again and community sensibilities are always changing and that's like a exactly and we always are trying to like think about what people want to be learning about if we only had the same exact classes every single month like it would be so boring by now so yeah. that's why we're always constantly trying to change and then we also have people who have memberships we have membership opportunities um and 
I don't want those people who are coming to four or five classes a month to run out of things to do. Mm -hmm. So we're always like keeping them in mind and having new, you know, opportunities. How do you, that, that's a curious like idea is how do you keep ahead because you're you're almost kind of deciding it's like your community like maybe you should try this thing like <laughs> yeah how, how do you keep that step ahead of the community so mm-hmm. you're keeping the classes fresh and ensuring that people are still intrigued by the classes well a lot of the times it's people are reaching out to us oh, and they're perfect. bringing an idea to us or there's something on i mean i do social media marketing in my job so i'm online all of the time mm-hmm. so a lot of times those things will just kind of creep up what's popular yeah. you know what's going on and and sometimes you just follow the curve in that respect. If it's popular, then a lot of people are interested in it. There's a reason why something is popular. So if we can have a class and teach someone how to do, like the macrame, for example, um, if we can teach someone how to do that, great. Now, sometimes people take these classes and they decide they absolutely do not want to do it themselves. But now, <laughs> but, but at least they know. Yeah. And then they know they know someone who maybe sells that craft or, mm. or you know, they just in for example like a press release writing situation like they might decide okay I definitely don't want to do this for my business it's too much like no. I'm not good at writing at, you know um then they know someone who can maybe recommend someone else that they can go to or talk to or whatever so helps people figure out all different kinds of things that's cool <laughs> um another thing I'm interested in when so when you're leading an artistical or artistical <laughs> artistic <laughs> uh I get, I'll call it an entity mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's it's about cultivating a positive culture. Mm-hmm. So, like when people step in the door uh, to when they leave, like ensuring that every step of the way is a positive one. Yeah. Um, I th- I feel like that might get a little tricky when you're constantly having new teachers rotate through. Where it's like literally these people. I'm I'm assuming sometimes yeah. you don't meet them until they come in the door and teach the class. Well, we actually always um, meet teachers beforehand. Okay. Yeah. So when people apply to teach, unless it's um, you know, someone who, well, so for example, we always have people apply to teach online. If it's a nutrition, health-based, something like that class, we want to see that they have a degree in a background, obviously. If it's someone who is like a knitter or something like that, we want to see examples of what they've made, right? Mm -hmm. We don't need a degree in textiles necessarily to share, you know, knitting or whatever. You could still be a great teacher at that. So we have them come in. I look at their, you know, resume online or whatever, and then have them come in and we sit down and we have a conversation and you know I'm looking for eye contact and I'm looking for you know I ask them to give me an explanation of the class and is the explanation something that I understand you know because if I don't understand the explanation other people might not too you know so and I'm not looking for the full class at that time of course but I just want to make sure that we can like have a conversation about it and that the teacher is personable um that being said sometimes it doesn't always translate to the classroom so of course there have been you know a few times where um the teachers maybe been a little bit nervous maybe the class went a little fast or something like that and um, that hasn't happened a lot but in the few instances that it has where we always get feedback from students we're able to bring that to the teacher and you know and to improve and 
I think for the most part, we get a really great response um, from our teachers, which uh, and from our students about our teachers, which is really great. But that's very important to us. You know, if, if there's anything negative about the class, we want to hear about it because mm -hmm. we want to make sure that we can cor correct that. And sometimes, you know, it's just like the text needs to be bigger on the presentation. <laughs> you know, it's something, yeah, yeah. sometimes it's just something that's easy to fix, but we all, you know, we always want to hear about it. Yeah. Have you ever had an instance where you sit down with someone where you say, okay, this class is interesting, you sit down with them, and then mm -hmm. after meeting with them, you realize that maybe they're not a good fit? And then how do you yeah. go about re rejecting that person, I guess? I mean, it's been, I've been pretty lucky that that hasn't happened right. too often. Right when it has happened, sometimes the teacher also doesn't think that we're the best fit for them as well because okay. a lot of times teach sometimes people are are looking to do a three session long class or something like that and we're just not the space that they're looking for because it doesn't fit our single session format or something like that or some teachers are used to you know being paid a hundred dollars an hour for the class or something like that which isn't always something that we can offer mm -hmm. so sometimes it's just in talking we find that it's not you know, the best fit for either person. I would say that is a very, very small percentage of the time though. Most people are really interested in just trying it out. But as far as like, um, it's really only happened once or twice, I think. And yeah, and you know, it's just kind of letting them know that, you know, we just yeah. don't think that it's maybe like the best thing right now. Maybe we'd like to try in the future kind of a thing. But yeah, I'm really thinking that's only maybe happened once or twice. That's nice. That's awesome. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think a lot of the people that reach out to us do, you know, if they're a crafter or something, a lot of times they're, we've met in some way before, like, you know, they just have like a great personalities, the, the people that tend to apply to teach. We, yeah. we are very lucky in that respect, or they have like a massive amount of teaching background, which is yeah. great too. If they're going out of their way to apply, that shows a sense of drive well, exactly. already. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think that might be why, because we do have that like application or to fill out and then you have to upload a resume. Mm -hmm. And some people are like, I haven't written a resume in 20 years. You know, <laughs> we don't need like a super formal, yeah. you know, crazy resume, but it's just something that I think is necessary because people will go that if they want to teach it's just that extra step you know which is yeah. important i think um I'm, I'm also intrigued by the idea of ensuring the classes are 15 to 30 dollars i think that's a really important thing can, i guess can you just like speak to that choice specifically yeah. So a few of our classes do break that, but we do try and have those be more few and far between. Mm -hmm. um, we really wanted to create an environment that was kind of like, okay, well, what's going on tonight? If I have nothing to do, what's going on? Let me check and see what's going on at the brainery. And what we found was that $30 was really that like price break. We're like, you know, we're thir okay, if it's more than $30, like that is not, you, you can't know, really do that on a whim. Can't yeah. really do that on a whim. $15, it's like the same as going to the movies. <laughs> so, you know, but um, we also needed to take into account being able to pay our teachers because we do pay our teachers per person. Mm -hmm. And we also needed to account for being able to operate. So someone to be at the desk and our space and, you know, all those other little things that go into running a business, yep. um, insurance and tables <laughs> and projectors and ink for the printer and all that kind of stuff. So we kind of found this kind of way of creating our pricing that is standard um, for teachers 
Um, that includes class supplies and their payment and an our cut and everything like that. And in most of the time it is $30 is our max. And um, we have a few, like I said, that go over. Um, in most cases, those are classes that have been requested by many, many students. Like we um, started doing a series of classes with Studio 34. We did have some requests for like Glassworks classes. Um, and they're another really awesome neighborhood of the arts business just down the street over here. Yeah. Um, and we were able to do some classes with them. They are more because classes are expensive. There's no way we could do this as a $30 class. Yeah. Um, and then also we do what we call the Whistle Stop Dinners, which is a collaboration with Boomtown Table, which is an online food magazine here in Rochester. And um, basically we pick a neighborhood. It's, we do it about every other month. Um, we actually have one coming up in August which will be in the East End, but we have different seatings. Each one has a host. It's usually someone um, local to Rochester who knows quite a bit about food. Um, they're a blogger or own a food business in some way usually. Mm -hmm. And you stop at four different restaurants and at each restaurant you get your education piece, which is kind of like the brainerys thing. So someone from the restaurant comes and talks to you about the food, talks to you about the restaurant, why yeah. they make their choices, you know, local or whatever. And then you have the food piece, which is like Boomtown Tables and they're about education as well. But, you know, the, the whole food thing, which is like, you know, what just eating and enjoying and enjoying food with people that you maybe have never met before um, and just kind of making these connections. And that is usually around $65, um, but it is a four course meal over three hours. <laughs> so it is, we've never had anyone leave uh, a whistle stop dinner and say that they were still hungry. <laughs> it's a lot of food, so. <laughs> yeah, that's, are there any other sort of community outreach things that the Brainery does? Like there's, I mean, you've already listed a ton of them, so I'd be, I wouldn't yeah. be um, you know, right now, I mean, we're always willing, of course, to like donations and everything, you know, like we'll do that if there's like a silent auction, we're always happy to like donate yeah. gift cards and things like that. But as far as like other like partnership things, that's, you know, pretty much um, what we're working on right now. Um, we are working on putting together some fun events for like our community. Like we're working on a um, networking event for our teachers, just so our teachers can get to know each other a little bit more. A lot of our students come to classes all the time together. So we have lots of students who have become good friends from coming to classes, which is awesome. Um, but our teachers aren't always here on the same nights. So we're doing like some teacher networking events and or one that we have planned in September. So just kind of working on some of that stuff. Yeah. What would you say is the average like demographic of the brainery student does that yeah does yeah. that make sense yeah <laughs> it's like there's a fly that's flying yeah, there's a fly that's flying <laughs> the um so it's mostly female actually oh, about 80 percent female um yeah, yeah. that's a little surprising that's, yeah that's amazing that's surprising yeah. And we and it's um but the age range it's such a wide age range I would say like college age we don't get as many college students just because super busy and everything like that um but i would say like 24 to 70 i mean we really have a wide range and then we do get a lot of kids that come too with their parents we have um one of our fairy house making classes or one oh. of our classes that we do is fairy house making that's super popular for families um it's usually on a saturday or sunday afternoon um we have kids that attend our watercolor painting classes yeah. um so and we're, we always welcome families to attend our events um 
happy to have anyone in class that would like to learn. Yeah. The only class that's 18 and up is our improv class, and we have done like a separate one for younger kids in yeah. the past. Yeah, because you can't really control what people, Can I control what people are going to say? <laughs> Um, that's, uh, I'm, I'm, have you ever had problems with students coming in? Have you ever had problems with like, like, I mean, you just, it's a random subset section of the community every single sure. time. Uh, and then how do you go about dealing with those people if you have, or maybe you haven't? Yeah, we haven't really. Everyone that comes in is like engaged and really interested in learning and we haven't really had any you know, issues with students, I mean... Yeah, why, why do you think that is? I feel like you have at least a few <laughs> over the years. I mean, I guess I'm trying to think, and... I mean, every once in a while you get a student that asks, like, a ton of questions more yeah. than other, but that's but not that's, really a bad thing, yeah, exactly. you know? Um, I don't know. I think it's just because people are really interested. If they're paying to be here, they're really interested in learning about it, and... I don't know why else. <laughs> I'm not yeah. sure. Yeah. You just Maybe like it's that, the atmosphere. I guess. Maybe yeah. it's the atmosphere. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, great. We're kind of getting close to a half an hour. Uh, okay. Is there anything you want to talk about just in terms of like running a business or artistically directing a business or the arts <laughs> uh, that we haven't talked about yet? Sure. You know, not that I can really think of. Oh, you know what? I didn't mention. We do have a partnership, and I should mention this as well because they're wonderful. Spectrum Creative Arts. Okay. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with them, but no. they're located in Pittsburgh, New York, and they have art, music. I believe they have some dance classes. It's all ages and abilities, and they're wonderful. And they actually do a number of classes here as well. We have like songwriting for musicians, lyrics for musicians, um, songwriting for lyricists. We'll do art journaling, and we've done a play reading series with them before, and. We do a lot of artistic classes with them as well, and that is a partnership that I didn't mention, and that's ongoing, and we've done that for quite a while now. Do you They're do you trade, or is it just like? So it's a lot of their teachers coming here cool. and teaching, and I think it's um, just a different audience to help them kind of like spread the word about Spectrum, and then also, um, you know, some of the classes don't necessarily fit into their schedule, and it's a great space for them to come and offer them here and yeah. and everything like that. I'm curious, do you ever, have you had any points where there's like a local business that, I, I don't want to, this might be a little <laughs> apocryphal, but like takes this as competition maybe, so maybe there's like an art school somewhere mm -hmm. where it's like, oh, well, you're doing the, the same art that's like, we're, we're doing, has that ever happened or? I mean, we really try and work with people yeah. instead of working against them, if you will, yeah. so, um, I'm sure maybe there's been another business that, you know, <laughs> the thoughts cross their mind or something like that. But, you know, as far as I'm concerned, like we would rather work with people. And I'm always trying to keep my eye on like making sure that we're not doing something that someone else yeah, is stepping on toes. doing and stepping on toes. I always try and be really cautious about that. And if that's ever happened, it's purely accidental because I'm very, you know, I, I want to be really respectful of that. Yeah. Um, so we haven't really run into to any issues with that. Also, uh, for the introductory classes, yeah. it's like, go to that thing. Well, exactly. Yeah. And we're always like, you know, someone will say, well, I don't see a class on your schedule for this. And I'm like, yeah, we wouldn't really have that, but this business does. You know, and we're always sending people to other spaces. And actually, there was just a conversation on Twitter, like, last night where someone was asking about, like, classes and someone tagged, like, us and a few other local businesses like the mag the memorial art gallery and um and rochester art center and um you know we we're all kind of chiming in with classes that might be 
you know, good for them to look at. So, I mean, there's there's a lot of different, a lot of times where we are, like, suggesting each other's businesses. Okay. And I kind of like that. I think that's, that's nice. Cool. Uh, this is a question I like asking. Uh, that's Knowing what you know now mm-hmm. in terms of you, you've run this for a few years now, mm-hmm. what advice would you give yourself <laughs> just starting out this business to maybe smooth some things out or mm-hmm. to, like, to, to make the Rochester Brainery what it is today, like, quicker, I guess. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. it's tricky because it's purely been – it's been a lot of word of mouth yeah. and a lot oh. of social media marketing and everything like that. But, um, you know, I definitely – I think that I would say to just go for having more classes right off the bat. We were doing 20, 25 classes a month, um, but at the time, like – anyone involved, myself and I had a business partner at the time, we were both working full time and we were running the business and it was like that until a little over a year ago. Um, So it was one of those things where it was just like, as far as time was concerned, like we just could, you know, we couldn't like fathom doing anymore. But, um, and I think, you know, I think that taking the leap to doing more classes and gradually building up was like a good idea. I would have hated to have 50 classes a month and had to cancel half of them or more than that. So, but I mean, I I think, I think reaching out to more community business and more businesses in the community earlier to kind of set up more of these offsite partnerships that we have now would have been a good thing to do. We have, we had been trying to do that all along. It was just kind of a time constraint thing. We didn't have really the time to do it, but um, just trying to be a little bit more organized to like do some of those things a little bit sooner, no. but that's not even really like a oh darn I should have done that. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just, just be like, like a refining. Thing. Yeah, it's like a refining thing, and I I'm kind of happy with how we kind of like slowly. We didn't really take any huge huge risks. Like we tried to yeah. to take steps that we knew would be fairly yeah fairly workable. <laughs> yeah. So you said has. Would you say this has grown through word of mouth? Like I would say, yeah. I mean, we have anywhere between, I mean, our class minimum to run is six. Mm -hmm. So we have anywhere between six and 40 people per class. Um, And so we hope that most of those are good experiences. (laughs) They seem to be because we do have quite a few people come back, but the majority of people are like, oh, I heard about you because my friend came here or everyone at work goes, I need to take class. You know, and we still have so many people who are like, I've never been to a class. I keep needing to come. And I'm like, one day, one of the 50 classes on the schedule work for you. And when it does, like, that's awesome. But um, it's definitely been word of mouth and social media has been absolutely huge. Yeah. Word of mouth is fascinating to me because Mm -hmm. it's like this untamed beast that you're letting out into the world. Yeah. Uh, I guess like this is kind of a weird question, but like, how do you how do you sculpt word of mouth to serve you <laughs> rather than to like harm you? I guess does that make sense? Well, I think that the best thing that you can do is to kind of make sure that you have really great customer service, that everyone is on the same page, and um, to make sure that your experience from the moment people walk in the door to the minute they leave is a good one. And if all of those things are positive, I think sculpting word of mouth, quote yeah. unquote, yeah. is is fairly easy to do um you know now whether you could have some people that take the same exact class and one person really liked the Mm. class and the other person didn't and you know for those reasons some of those things are completely out of our control um but um you know at least if their experience otherwise was good or maybe they've taken another class and so they 
well, I didn't love that class, but I liked this class, you know, that kind of a thing. Um, I, I think just trying to set everything up for people to have the best experience possible, whether they're emailing us or calling or coming in for a class is the best way to, yeah. to do that. Uh, and then one final question. I'm curious, I, I would like to speak to the hypothetical listener <laughs> who has listened to this podcast and is like, oh my gosh, this is a great idea. I And I live in blank town uh-huh. and I don't think there's anything that's even close to this. Uh-huh. And I'm kind of curious about starting my own thing in like, you know, Seattle or something yeah. like that. Uh, do you have points of advice to just like as like starting points mm-hmm. to do something like this? Well, there's a bunch of businesses that have popped up that are similar. Some of them have their own location. Some of them don't. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the first thing is to think about your costs and also what you want to achieve. So not only did we want to be a space for classes, but we wanted to be an affordable space for team building workshops and other events as well. Um, and having a home base was really important to us because there are a lot of businesses in the Rochester area that don't have their own location, but and they want a place to teach, they don't necessarily have it. Now we could have maybe, there, when we opened there wasn't really a co-working space at the time that we could partner with. Since we've opened, there have been other businesses like ours that have like partnered with a co-working space or you know, another business that has quite a bit of room where they can use the space. But for us, it was like, okay, well, we know if we have our own space, we know that we have the materials that we need for every class. And we know that we have projector and we know we have all these things that we don't need to move from, you know, whatever site. And we have kind of control over that atmosphere because we wanted it to be a comfortable non-classroom. We wanted people to feel like they weren't necessarily sitting in a school classroom (laughs) while they were learning. Yeah. Um, and so we could really curate that environment. So what is important to you as far as like that thing that goes? Um, that's not to say that like starting to do some pop-up classes before you have a location isn't a bad thing. That's, you know, uh, in, a great thing to do to get some interest going. Um, but there's all those things to think about. What are your costs involved? Like, is there anyone that you can partner with that if there's not? What, you know, what do you do? How many people can you fit in the room? Like, how many people do you need per class to make it worthwhile for you? Um, so there's all of those things to kind of think about. For us, it was, like, important to not put all of our eggs in one basket, too. When we were first starting, if we were relying on everybody just coming to classes, that would have been really difficult. So having people rent our space for a business meeting or something was it was and is important because it helps it helps you keep the class cost down. Some people might not be worried about keeping the class cost down. They you know might be fine with doing a fifty dollar class. Um, and if you're making more per ticket, then you certainly don't need to rely on those things as much. Yeah. And it's not better or worse any other way. It's just whatever is best for your business model and where you live and that kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. So. That's just, I mean, I know that's right. not really a straight answer, no, but no, it's that's just... Right. I mean, well, it's like it would be so different in so many like, specific yeah. scenarios where those generalities, like, I think are, are really helpful. Yeah, yeah, like, do you live in an area where there's a ton of people or not a lot of people? Mm-hmm. You know, you need to travel more to go to people, or yeah. is everyone just going to come to you? It's, you know, that kind of a thing. But. Yeah, that's uh, awesome. Well, we're, we're running kind of... Yeah, we're, I, I, that, that was a nice crest. That was a nice... Okay. <laughs> um, uh, if someone is looking for the Rochester brand, Granary, mm-hmm. either online or maybe they're in Rochester. Uh, do you have any plugs? Like, where, where can the listeners go yeah. to uh, to find the Rochester? The easiest place to go is rochesterbrainery.com. Mm-hmm. It's our website. It has all of our classes there. has information about teaching a class, taking a class, renting the space. has links to all of our social media. We're at rockbrainery, R-O-C-B-R-A-I-N-E-R-Y on Instagram and Twitter, and Rochester Brainery on Facebook. 
Okay, perfect. And I love adding my podcast with this. Uh, can you give me one recommendation of anything at all? It could be a movie, a book, a way of life, a quote, uh, just one single anything. Oh my gosh, yeah. that is a really hard question. I know, right? Um, well, I think it's very important to just listen to others and take what other people, you know, are saying to heart. Like, it, as a business, like, you you definitely want to maintain, like, you open a business for a reason and you, you are running it in a certain way. But I think that feedback from others is super important. Your customers are so important. If they're not happy with your business or whatever... Like, that's why you're open. So I always try and keep an open mind and listen to what people are looking for and what what they want and um, while still being true to my business. And so, you know, that's just something. And then, oh, another thing that I always say is, like, support others the way that you want them to support you. So support other local businesses and, and listen to your customers and, you know, and do the best you can there. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Amazing. <laughs> Danielle, thank you so much for sitting Yeah, no it's problem. It's been great. You. Uh, you can find this podcast on Facebook and SoundCloud and iTunes. And listener, thank you so much for listening. And I hope you have an excellent rest of your day. And that's how I end everything.